To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no clue and I don't care. Everybody likes Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? A lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go yourself. JayHairPositiveSarcasm.com Look here in the Spare Parts Studio Like, subscribe, share, donate PositiveSarcasm.com Slash donate Any amount is appreciated uh, Poor recording here for Rumble uh, Left YouTube the, Left the podcast The podcast has left officially YouTube And is now on Rumble.com Look for Positive Sarcasm I am still recording and, tra- and uploading on Facebook.com Slash POS Sarcasm So if you want to check me out there They have not censored me on there yet So I will continue to upload to Facebook Until they say no But until then Facebook and I get, still get along just fine um, Also wanted to talk about want to dive into uh, I want to go back to the article that I dropped on Rumble um, And then I want to talk about the Korean nuclear fusion thingy and then close up shop with some Q&A. But in the meantime, uh, if you want to contact me, you can go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the contact section, and you can hit me up there or positivesarcasm at outlook.com. Look, uh, it's been a fucking crazy week. I don't know what happened. I just, I went to go get my, my lettuce titan today in the amount of traffic that was insane. I had to, you know, at least commit four traffic violations just to get to the hairstylist. But that's not the issue I had to do. That was a freak situation. I'm more annoyed about where I currently live. And I'm not talking about the beautiful seacoast. I'm talking about just this particular town. This town of Durham. This town sucks. Grocery store sucks. The fucking traffic sucks. Even though this town only exists because there's a college in it. The parking here sucks. You're either going to get a ticket or you're going to get fucking towed. In my case, it was towed. Um, the property management where I currently live, they fucking blow balls. First chance, first chance I get. Okay? First possible chance I get. I'm out of here. I'm out of this town. I'm done with this fucking place. Um, I love the seacoast. I love being near the seacoast. This is not the town for me. Dover and Durham were not are not the town for me. Durham was a last-ditch effort to stay by the seacoast. I'm glad I'm still in this area, but... I do not like this town. I don't. There, I do not fit in here. I know it's because I'm fucking, you know, almost 40 years old and everybody here um, still smells like birth. So, it, it, but it, besides the point, literally, I mean, the grocery store is tiny. Tiny. It's just, a, it's fucking pointless. It's just a couple pizza shops, some bullshit cafes, uh, except for uh, that place. Well, actually, the cafe is not too too bad but then again i don't put my money in this town at all i'm i'm never here when i am here i'm inside this apartment and then as soon as i'm out i'm gone waste my time and can somebody explain what is this college fad with fucking guys what is explain this to me i got this hat because i want to show you something see this see this shit hold on this is what college guys do they they wear this fucking hat and they put it just on the top of their head like this and that's and that's how they wear their hat so they put their hat 
just above their hairline, and then they and then and then that's what they do, and then they wear it backwards. Can somebody explain to me why we do that? Okay, so I, I asked this question to some some to some TikToker today who was in the know, and they're like, so they don't get their hair messed up, so they don't mess up their hair. So they're wearing this hat high, so they don't mess up their hair. Well, then why the fuck are you wearing the hat? Why are you wearing the hat, stupid? Just don't wear the fucking hat. Problem solved. You won't mess up your hair. What are you in your fucking convertible? Give me a break. Just take the fucking hat off. Nobody needs to know who you represent. We get it. You're probably a Sox fan and you drink fucking Bud Diesel. We get it. Not even Bud Diesel. You drink Bud Light. Because that's all you can steal. We get it. Let me take this fucking stupid hat off. It's just a... It's a dumb town. It's a dumb town. It's a dumb town that acts like a woke town, but at the same time, it's just drunks and fucking sweaty booty shorts everywhere. It's a pointless town. Wouldn't exist without the college. Or it'd actually be a more affordable place if it wasn't for the college. All this college does is ruin surrounding towns. Ha 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 ha. Let's pretend like we can afford things and then not be able to and then walk around with them because they're, they're a status symbol. Fucking idiots. All right, what are we talking about here? Oh, so this um, article that I dropped here. Um, I used to have, I cannot find this picture for the life of me. There was a picture of me standing in right in front of Capitol Hill with two middle fingers up in the air. I cannot for the life of me find this picture. I had it. I saw it a long time ago. I cannot find it now. And it really sucks because if I would have found it a few months ago, I would have been able to drop this article, uh, well, when as soon as I found it. And I would have been able to explain it. Because now it's important. It's like, you can't stand that close to Capitol Hill anymore. So that, that's, a, that's a big, that's a, you know, it's like, oh, back, remember when you can do this, but you can't do it anymore? Yeah. But time flies. But I was like, fuck it. I don't have it. I'll go. Maybe my words will speak for themselves. So I released a article called New Rules for Congress. And this is one, this is one of those articles where I was dead serious about what I said. Because I truly think that the amount of uh, 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 corruption in Congress, in, in the legislative branch, and it's just insanity. Pure fucking insanity. And I think right now it needs to come to a, it needs to come to a screeching halt because how uh, capitalism and the idea of a free market needs to be separated from the political system because they're right now, they're so intertwined. And I I don't mean like, free market's great, but the free market's money should not be in, should not be going into the the pocket of the politician. And I made rules about that. And one of them obviously is zero stock trading because who can manipulate the stock market better than the people who make policy? And they are the ones who should not be making decisions to influence the stock market. That's the re- that's for retails and for other people. And the idea is like, oh, well, it's a free market. Anybody can participate. Bullshit. We, as retail traders, don't have the ability all that much. Sands, uh, 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 you know, GameStop and all that other stuff. Before then, we never had the ability to man- manipulate or send a stock market in a specific direction. Whereas politicians can do it all the time. They do do it all the time. And they make policy based on it. And that policy, at the end of the day, comes at our expense. 
So I found that important. It's like, okay, let's take stock trading. You want to run for Congress. You want to run for Senate. You want to run for the presidency. Okay, guess what? You can find you fund your own campaign with your own money. No super PACs, no huge corporate donations. You fund your own fucking shit or with general fan base, nothing over $10,000. Go and win the thing. Okay, no stocks, none, no portfolio. You make pl- We'll give you plenty of money. They make over $100,000 a year representing uh, their region, their group, or whatever, plus expenses. All their expenses are basically paid for, for the time that they serve the time they serve and then um, on top of that their giant ass fucking uh, what do you call it the giant ass salary over a hundred thousand dollars it's plenty of cash you're doing that for a couple of years and then after that you get like a little bit of a pension you have your you have your security detail you have your health insurance you get all that shit when you're in the federal government and then if you want to continue to be in the former the federal government, great. Now you're making if you spend 10 years in Congress, you got a million dollars. All right? You spend so basically if you serve, basically that's like two terms. Or not two terms, excuse me. If you spent 2 years, if you're 2 years, if you're a senator, you're like what, 2 years, whatever. Well, either way, if you spend 5 years in Congress, you're making a half a mil. You spend 10 years in Congress, you're at a mil. Now, what do you do with that money? You can invest it afterwards. You can put a quarter million into the stock market after that, or you could just leave it. Because if you're already 10 years, well, depending upon what my rules say, because I don't know if your rules can uh, allow you to do that. Or maybe they do. I think mm, that's a good question because if you are no longer in politics, then you can probably invest in the stock market. That's perfectly fine, I think. And then we also give you a portfolio. When you start serving in Congress, we, as long as you clear, we get they the gov- the government gives you a an actual portfolio, like a four hundred one k, a retirement package. And at, and at, in three to five years after you finish serving, you get that portfolio, and you get to live off the dividends of that little portfolio. And then you have it, so it's yours. So after three to five years, you can have that. You also get insurance. You get uh, um, uh, you know, security details. You get access to all kinds of federal shit. Now, you give that up if you start taking corporate um, speech money and all that other bullshit. Now, that's I was really trying to do my best to just essentially separate all free market corruption that could possibly be tied to the federal government when they are conducting business. So, no corporate donations after leaving office when you're in office uh no stock market training p- trading period none whatsoever um and then on top of that super PAC rules so no single donations over ten thousand dollars because that one that just that one little donation from the from the nc from the national committee party um can literally blow away your your uh, your competition because you just had that one donation that one check and next thing you know, your signs are everywhere to keep the, the to at least keep it fair. Now, granted, you can have somebody who's worth like uh, there's like a there's like a, a congressman in Utah. He's worth two hundred million dollars. He can fund his own goddamn campaign. Where did he get that money from, though? 
So you don't need Super PACs money. You don't need donors money. You get donors money, fine. You get a $9,000 donation, great. You get a $10,000 donation, great. You get two from the same person, that's a no-no. You get $10,100, that's a no-no. For the most part, fund your own shit with small pocket cash. So there was that, and then, yeah, so, if, but if you violated these rules, you lose all your federal privileges, your security detail, your secret service, your 401k, or, or basically your retirement package that they give you, um, and all your insurances, they, that's all gone. So I wanted to really, like, hone that in with, like, you know, four or five simple rules. Now, I think you can get, if you have, if you spend five years in Congress and you decide, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to run anymore. That's your money. You can decide what I think, according to this, what did I say about stock trading up at the very, very top here? Uh, zero stock trading, all Wall Street assets. So you must be sold to another party before taking office. The, the, the stocks can't be transferred back to you ever. They're sold off. You pay your taxes on them. You're done. Um, no one in office can trade stocks in any capacity. Um, if you're an elected official, if you become an elected official, you'll be awarded an introductory retirement portfolio based off the U.S. major indexes as part of your retirement fund. You will not see this retirement fund until three to five years after you last held office or two years if you're over the age of 80. So that seems pretty reasonable. Now, if you decide to... Um, let's see. Any violation of this rule will forfeiture of the index holding. So if you, uh, five years later, you get that thing. If you want to change the investments on it, you can. Or you can, if you've made, you know, a half a million dollars, you want to take a little bit of that and put it in the stock market, but you're no longer in Congress. I think you can, at that point, have every right to do so. Absolutely. So that's kind of the thing. Um... Oh, hold on. I messed up. Hold on. Fucking stupid. There we go. There we go. Sorry about that. Um, you have every right to do so. So you can start trading after you completely leave office. If you decide you're going to run for office again, you have to sell that shit off again. It's basically to put a hard line in the sand saying that we don't tolerate any corruption in our political system. And these are the rules that help define that. Now, at the end of the day, if you're no longer a congressman, you're an American, you are free to, for the most part, roam as you please and do what you want to do with your money. You've already earned that money. You are allowed to invest it back into the stock market. That's fine. You just have to abide by the rules already set in place about receiving additional you know, corporate donations, about doing speeches or whatever. Um, can you start up a business? That's, that, I, think that, I think you can do that. Um, but there has to be some oversight of that. Like you're like, okay, well I'm done. I'm going to go, uh, you know, start up like a fucking hardware store or something. It's like, oh, okay. But if you're just going to go and do speeches for Pfizer after your terms of service are over, now we have a problem here because obviously there's a corrupt, there's a political corruption lobbyist connection that you're making for when you leave office that will possibly manipulate the policies you put in place when you are in office. That's not, I'm not a fan of that. So putting out these ideas is important to me. I'm glad I wrote it. Uh, I don't think anybody's really going to read it all that much. Um, but then again, I said it, I believe it, and I think it would work. So 
Just wanted to get my two cents on that. Uh, let's go ahead and and by the way, so it's available on Rumble, um, and I think this is available only on Rumble. It will eventually be available on uh, my new Substack channel. So my Substack channel, I will start to fill. I'm still working on downloading all the shit from YouTube for my podcast and getting that into the library. Um, but Substack, I'm going to work on getting uh, some of my articles up there. Just so people who are perusing through Substack may be able to see some of my junk and uh, go from there. You know, you never know. Just get it up there, different eyes. Besides, people who go to Substack are actually looking for shit to read. And maybe they'll get a kick out of some of the stuff that I've, I've thrown down on paper. I did want to talk, before we get to some Q&A today, I did want to talk about, this is fucking crazy. I saw a video about this shit, about the Korean nuclear fusion reactor. Um, apparently hotter than the sun. And the picture just looked insane. I'm like, great, we're all going to die. But let me go ahead and pop this up on the second monitor here and talk about it. Uh, once again, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Um, if you want free stocks, please check out my link in the description down below for the Weeble app. Or if you're on the contact section of my website, there's also a Weeble affiliate link there. You can click on that and get yourself some free stocks the minute you put money into your account. That also supports me by giving me free stocks. Super important. Korea, this is from uh, uh, shiningscience.com, courtesy of the editorial team. This was just posted last week, uh, and I'll read this verbatim. A nuclear fusion reactor has lasted for 30 seconds at temperatures in excess of 100 million centigrade. While the duration of, uh, and temperature alone aren't records, the simultaneous achievement of heat and stability brings us a step closer to viable fusion reactor, to a viable fusion reactor, as long as the technique used can be scaled up. Um, this is South Korea, obviously not North Korea. Most scientists agree that the viable fusion power is still decades away, but the incremental advances in understanding and results keep coming. An experiment conducted in 2021 created a reaction energetic enough to be self-sustaining. Conceptual designs for a commercial reactor are being drawn up while work continues on the large ITER, Experimental Fusion Reactor, in France. Uh, let me say this correctly. Now Yong Soo-na at Seoul National University in South Korea and his colleagues have succeeded in running a reaction at extremely high temperatures that will be required for a viable reactor and keeping the hot ionized state of matter that is created within the device stable for 30 seconds. Controlling the so-called plasma is vital. If it touches the walls of the reactor, it rapidly cools, stifling the reaction and causing significant damages, damage to the chamber that holds it. Researchers normally use various shapes of magnetic fields to contain the plasma. Some use an edge transport barrier, ETB, which sculpts plasma with a sharp cutoff in pressure near to the reactor wall. A state that stops heat and plasma escaping. Others use an internal transport barrier, an ITB, that creates high pressure near, nearer the center of the plasma, but both can create instability. Nas team used a modified ITB technique at the Korean Super Korea Korea Superconducting Takamak Advanced Research or K-Star device, achieving a much lower plasma density. Their approach seems to boost temperatures at the core of the plasma and lower them at the edge, 
which will probably extend the lifespan of reactor components. Dominic Power at Imperial College London says that to increase the energy produced by a reactor, you can make plasma really hot, make it really dense, or incremental confinement time. Quote, this team is finding that the density confinement is actually a bit lower than traditional operating modes, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Because it's compensated by for by higher temperatures in the core, he says. It's definitely exciting. Well, I'm glad he's happy about it. But there's a big uncertainty about how well our understanding of the physics scales to larger devices. So something like ITAR, ITER, ITARD, ITER is going to be much bigger than K-STAR. NAS says that low density was key, and the fast or more energetic ions at the core of the plasma, so-called fast ion regulated enhancement, or fire, are integral to its stability, but the team doesn't yet fully understand the mechanisms involved. The reaction was stopped after 30 seconds only because of limitations with hardware, and longer periods should be possible in future. KSTAR has now shut down for upgrades, with carbon components on the wall of the reactor being replaced with tungsten, which NAS says will improve the reproducibility, reproducibility of experiments. Lee Margetz at the University of Manchester, UK, says that the physics of fusion reactors is becoming well understood, but there are technical hurdles to overcome before a working power plant can be built. Part of that will be developing methods to withdraw heat from the reactor and use it to generate electrical current. Quote, it's not physics engineering, he says. If you just think about this from the point of view of gas-fired or coal-fired power stations, if you didn't have anything to take the heat away, then the people operating it would say, we have to switch it off because it gets too hot and it will melt the power station. And that's exactly the situation here. Brian Appleby at Imperial College London agrees that the scientific challenges left in fusion research should be achievable and that fire is a step forward, is a step forwards, but that commercialization will be difficult. Quote, the magnetic confinement fusion approach has gotten pretty long history of evolving to solve the next problem that it comes up against. He says, but that thing, but that, but the thing that makes me kind of nervous or uncertain is the engineering challenges of actually building an economical power plant based on this. That thing is pretty cool. Looks pretty legit. So I was looking at video of it. I'm wondering if they have um, video, let me look up something. Video, nuclear, Korea, nuclear. What's the matter with my spelling? Nuclear, fucking idiot, fusion. That should be it. Um, See if Lattice has it. Oh, there we go. Well, it's only 30 seconds, so. Let's see what this thing looks like. Whoa. Look at that heat. temperature and it just shuts right off 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, man, that's pretty sweet. So, um, the question is, is how, how much can a, how much can a nuclear fusion reactor power? Like how many, you know, how much, let me see if I can write this. How much can a nuclear fusion reactor power? So how much can yeah how much can it produce? Infographic. Okay. Let's see. Based on the average silicone model panel size of 320 watts, so three point so PV panels. Um, how much does a nuclear reactor produce? Okay. So three point one million solar panels, 431 wind turbines, 100 million LED bulbs, roughly 1.3 million horses, 2,000 Corvette Z06s. I don't know what that means, but okay. Um, so that's, I mean, holy shit. So wait a minute. Um, okay, Cora. Mm. Oh, that looks awesome. Look at that. Uh, let's see. Scattering losses, blah, blah, blah. How do we extract the energy? Another issue is... Dude, just fucking tell me how much... It does look cool, but tell me how much it... Yeah, right there is actually where the... In the middle there. That's crazy, though. So where the hell would it be as far as, like, how... Like, can it power an entire city? Can it power an entire country? How does, it, how does this work? Damn it, I want to know these answers. The people deserve answers. Um, okay. Power is rate of energy released, total energy given by nuclear density. H-bombs that, uh, that are ignited by particle accelerator without, fu without fission are clean and are configured to produce helium and heat. Um, Zarbamba released 50 megatons in a nanosecond, putting out more panel power than the entire sun for a very short period of time. The same bomb configured to release the same power for 100 years would supply power for millions at $1 per person a century. What? That's insane. Is that true? The same bomb configured to release the same power over 100 years would power a millions of people. One dollar per person a century. That's... How does that... Um... People are saying it's just years away, though. That's pretty cool. Nuclear fusion? The question is, is, so how would that help us in the ground? How would that help us underwater? How would that help us with climate change? Or if it even could. And how would that help us in space? That's a kicker. 
Like, how would that help us in space? Would it, would a nuclear fusion reactor in space allow us to just have continuous a continuous burn? So we could just instead of traveling, I don't know, so many miles per hour, we could just let that thing fly and get to Mars way faster. But aren't we already traveling to Mars at a freaking crazy rate of speed? It's a good question. That's something like I'd really like to look into because it's like, you know, some of us have to get the fuck off this planet. You know, my biggest concern is like once we get off this planet, is this going to be like a situation where um, it's going to be like Elysium where all the rich people just live up on the fucking ring of the moon? We're all just stuck down here like assholes. It's worth thinking about. We are at 27 minutes. Let's go ahead and close up shop with some Q&A. If you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Also, check out the Weeble app. Um, you get free stocks. I'll get free stocks. Link down below in the description. Uh, let's go ahead and let's get to the first question. I am a female, 23, and a full-time college student. Right now, I'm living with my sister, Claire, and her husband, Thomas, while I get through my current sem- semester. Or she wrote, semester. Okay. Ah, there we go. I don't work, so I don't have... Um, she doesn't work. Okay. Oh, she's a full-time college student. That makes sense. I don't have everything I need for my daily skin and hair routine, so I borrow stuff from Claire. Claire didn't have an issue in the beginning, but then started complaining about me randomly walking into her room. But I go in there looking for the stuff I asked for. She gave me a hard time just because I walked in on, uh, on Thomas half-naked to get in the eyeshadow I borrowed from her. Uh, and then I, the other time when I walked in late at night, she told me I needed to get her permission to walk into the room before I take anything. But I figured I would make things com- this would make things complicated. It's enough that I asked to have to borrow an item. Well, you're a full-time college student. You don't make any money, so you can always ask. So last night around 10 p.m., I went upstairs and went into, in, into her bedroom to grab the hairdryer. I walked in and whoops, I saw them in an intimate position together in bed. I had no idea they were doing it, especially since Claire told me that Thomas had been feeling sick the past two days. She lashed out at me yelling that I get out, quickly grabbed the hairdryer, and then walked out and shut the door. Minutes later, she came downstairs in her robe and went off on me, saying that she was done with me repeatedly disrespecting and violating hers and her husband's privacy. I told her it was cool, no big deal, and I needed the dryer, but it didn't have, but I didn't have time to ask for permission. She got even louder, saying I had no business barging into her marital space and embarrassing her and her husband like this. I told her uh, that I was sorry, but she really overreacted to the whole thing. This made her more pissed off. She went on about how I'm living here rent-free and not being respectful enough. I stopped arguing and went in my room. This morning, Thomas left the house early, and Claire ignored me on breakfast. Still upset, saying I don't get to say whether she overreacted or not. And that's my behavior was inappropriate. She even wants me to apologize to her husband last, for making last night awkward. Uh, you're going to a college. You're racking up huge amounts of debt. You live there fucking rent-free. You don't pay for anything. You ask permission for everything. Do you have any fucking idea how much rent is right now? Do you have any fucking idea how much electricity is right now? Do you have any fucking idea how much gas is right now? You stupid cunt. You have no idea what you're talking about. This is your fu- this is my fucking problem with people right now. I'm a full-time costume. I can't. I'm just going to go ahead and steal it. Shut the fuck up. 
Go get a job at a pizza place. Go get a job at a fucking hair salon. Go get a job as a stripper. Go get a job as a fucking uh, call girl. I don't give a fuck. But stop barging into people's shit. You're a piece of shit. You're a, you're a college student and a piece of shit. You can be both at the same time. You can be a piece of shit college student. You need to ask permission for everything and be thankful that somebody allowed you to live under their roof. You could be fucking homeless or you could be living in a dorm. And what's going to happen when you get out of college after four years and you have like a hundred something thousand dollars in debt? Then what? Yeah, go fuck yourself. Move on to the next one. I had an affair. A choice I recognized was a hurtful one. But was born out of... Sorry, Chase. I wasn't laughing. I wasn't yelling at you. I love you, buddy. Um, but was born out of a really difficult time in, in my soon-to-be former marriage. My question is how to get back on track with my kids, who are angry and refuse to speak to me. Six months into the divorce process, they are old enough to have input into their own custody decisions, and it seems like I will have to pay while never get to really see them. My wife wasn't careful and had an oops pregnancy. We already had a teenage son and daughter. The pregnancy was complicated, and she didn't... I should probably put this up in the second monitor. Please excuse me. I will have to pay, blah, 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 blah. Oop. The pregnancy was complicated, and she didn't do much around the house. Having a lot of extra work in my hands, and we stopped having sex. I was stressed, underappreciated, and exhausted, and caved when a young younger co-worker approached me. The affair became a lifeline when my wife lost our son at birth and then didn't recover well, including two weeks in the hospital where I was forced to manage the household and our kids alone, while also grieving my lost son. That's tough. I'll give you that. I was stressed, grieving, and it led to bigger risks until I took a too big of a risk and my kids walked in on my girlfriend and me. They panicked and called my wife. She went straight for a lawyer. The kids are in counseling and I show up to see them every weekend, but they still won't talk to me. I suspect, suspect my wife is bad-mouthing me to them, but can't prove it. How do I get things back to normal? Everyone makes mistakes, and they should be old enough to know that fidelity and marriage are complicated, but they are unwilling to listen. You, your kids are compromised. What the hell else do you need to know? You were banging another chick that... You were banging a girl that wasn't your mom. They saw it. Everything's different when you see it or when you hear it. Everything changes. They saw it happen. You completely changed their brainwaves about everything at a very early age. So as they get older, they may warm up to you again. But right now you are seen as the person who wasn't there for them, wasn't there for mom. Uh, you were somewhere and it wasn't where you were supposed to be. You're going to have to pay this price because it was on you. You made an oath. Fuck. Yeah, I know. I get it. Marriage is complicated. You don't have to make it hell. Your kids have to deal with this shit. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of the times your kids should just get the fuck over it and move on. But at the same time, they don't have to talk to you. They don't. You screwed up royally. So getting the silent treatment is probably the easiest thing to deal with. You have to continue to work on yourself, pay for everything, and not be an asshole because you're 100% in the wrong. You fucked up the marriage. You fucked up your trust with your kids, and you're going to have to earn it back. There's no such thing as normal anymore. Normal is out. Keep that in mind. Let's move on to the next one. This one looks good. 
<sighs> I have security cameras set up on the inside and outside of my home. The cameras record everything, and I can see all activity from my cell phone. Recently, I've been getting alerts about activity being detected in my backyard while I'm at work. I was totally freaked out by this until I realized it was my mother-in-law creeping around my property. She's been looking through our windows, specifically the primary bedroom and my infant son's room. I talked to my husband about it, and he said that he would handle it, but he is not great at standing up to his mother. I decided to take matters into my own hands. How do I approach her without causing a huge fight? Well, you basically need to be like, if your husband's not going to do anything about it, or whether it's your husband or your wife, doesn't matter. There, she's invading your privacy. That's a huge problem, and it's a dangerous situation. And there's a lot of liability there. She has to stop. She can't just be going into your property to be looking. No, because eventually you do have to call the police. Be like, we don't want this person on our property. That's not going to be. This isn't good. This isn't helping anybody. So, what needs to happen is you need to tell your husband. She cannot do this anymore. If she does it again, I'm calling the police. That's it. And then the marital talk will have to happen. That, to me, is pretty It's pretty straightforward. It's like, she's doing some weird shit, and she needs to be called out on it. Is it going to turn into a huge fight? Yeah. But is it her fault? Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. All right. My mother's name is an odd spelling for an otherwise traditional name. For instance, say her name is Lucy. It's not. It's spelled Lucy, L-U-C-E-E. -E. She gets very upset when people don't get the spelling right, which is often, because I've never seen a similar spelling of this common name. I understand her attitude about this because that's her given name, and she certainly has the right to expect people to get it right. Here's the rub, though. She recently became a grandmother and declared a very odd spelling of her chosen's mother nickname. She has chosen to be called Nana. She has decided that it must be spelled, spelled Nana, N-A-N apostrophe, N-A-H. She is insistent, and she is insistent upon the spelling she has created. Why do this, especially after a lifetime of lamenting people and misspelling her name? I've never cared about much, cared much about what people called me. Let her, let alone how it's spelled. It feels like this is an attention grab on her part, making us parents remember to include apostrophes and weird letters every time we text or write on behalf of our kids. I understand it's not a huge ask, but am I having trouble taking it as seriously as she does? Well, let me see if this is an actual thing. So, N-A-N, okay, let me type in N-A-N apostrophe N-A-H. Um, okay, so that spelling of Nana is not real. It's a fake spelling. So essentially, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean Nana. It doesn't mean relative anything. It's basically made up. They could call you fucking fructose for all you for all you know. Wouldn't make a different damn bit of difference. So she's making shit up. No, that's Nana. N-A-N-A. -A. That's Nana. She's not Nana. She's not a fucking Middle Eastern piece of bread. So I would just ignore her, her wishes because it's like that's now you're just being stupid. Let's move on to the next article, the next question in dig.com Q&A. I'm one of, actually, sip of water. Much needed. Mm-hmm. 
I'm one of four children, and the only one without children on my own. My parents are upper middle class, and thanks to hard work and smart choices, likely have a net worth of seven high seven figures. They do not discuss specific numbers or share specific plans, but I suspect their network will grow. Their network net worth will grow over the next fifteen to twenty years. They likely have left, uh, and also that they will bequeath dis disproportionately large percentages to their grandchildren. I get the impression that there's their preference, and their their children, my generation, are all established and have done well. However, I am personally opposed to receiving any inheritance or having any of my future children receive any inheritance from them. I have seen with my extended family, friends, and the internet, inheritances, poisons, relationships. I also believe that supervised assistance in life can be helpful, but cash gifts and death, even in trusts, can be wasteful at best and dangerously at worst, especially when given to the young. I'm in my 40s, and children of any children of mine would probably be young on the receipt of an, any of inheritance. Years ago, I also I asked to be disinherited, but was explicitly denied. That's their choice, and I can't directly change it. But if I have children, which I hope in the near future, I feel more strongly about my position. And I think I can influence them, specifically by linking disinheritance to to family time. I'm independent, and my family is geographically scattered. I could not just travel or enable visits if they won't, or at least compromise on this. Is there the best way to... Is there a best way to first request disinheritance again, and then ensure it was generally granted, and re remain so? For the latter, I think it's possible my parents would agree. There's nothing would agree even update a will to reflect it and then simply get a new will knowing there's nothing i could do about it after they pass or is there another approach i'm not considering that would help balance my concerns with my parents desires um i wouldn't worry about this i really wouldn't i know you don't want your kids to be spoiled brats but i don't think they can really even touch the money until they turn 18. And at that point, you, they can just be like, all right, well, you got your money. Now get the fuck out of the house. You know. If you got enough money to live on your own, then by all means, do so. As far as what you get, I wouldn't worry about it. You want to give it away all to charity or give it to other family members or, I don't know, help out the local uh, apple orchard. You're more than welcome to do that, too. I don't see this as a problem. For me, I wouldn't, for me, I wouldn't complain at all. Knives out, baby. Finally, when my husband and I were dating, he introduced me to the sport of cycling. Before that, it had just been a means of transportation. A few years of training later, it turns out I'm pretty good at it. I've been on the podium three, year, three times this year, but he has not. He's definitely jealous. Should I stop competing? No, you, com competition is life. Competition is life. If you're good at it, you keep doing it. Okay. If you're good at something and you want to continue doing it, then you should be allowed to do it. If he's jealous, it's like, all right, whatever. Maybe he'll get over it. Maybe, but at the end of the day, you're, if you're doing something you really, really like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just continue to do it? You know, why does it have to be a big thing? Oh, 
I don't, I don't, I don't get why people act like this. I really don't. It's like you introduced her to something that she happens to be amazing at. What if you introduced tennis to Serena Williams and all of a sudden she became the greatest tennis player ever? Are you gonna be jealous? Doesn't make any sense. It's like you introduced her, you should feel good. Now you gave your, you gave your, your the husband, your, your, you gave your wife something to make her feel really good about. That's a huge victory in itself. You know, that's something to hang your hat on and crack open a beer to. <laughs> All right. We're almost at 43 minutes. We should probably close up shop for today. Uh, our um, notes for the day, dig.com Q&A, the Korean nuclear, nuclear fusion reactor, uh, my new article that just dropped on Rumble and will be available on Substack soon, and the fact that I fucking hate the town of Durham. It's a goddamn waste of my time. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on rumble.com, positive sarcasm, facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. You can find me on Instagram as well. Uh, also, anywhere where podcasts are available, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere where podcasts are available, you can like, subscribe, and uh, download whichever ones you want. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, once again, no longer on YouTube. Um, I, may, I set it up so that everybody knows if you go to my website on YouTube, you'll see it's like, oh, I've moved to Rumble. So, there you have it. In the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing, and I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio, this has been a Positive Sarcasm Presentation. <laughs>